This is the Chronicles of Yaoya, and we are going into a very sacred space as we look into the scriptures, into the Genesis, into the beginning, and that this is in a, in a very important time for us as a people and in the seasons and times that the Most High has within his divine timetable that he reveals to us in small ways. So I'm going to ask you to open up your awareness to think um, outside of the box, so to speak, and to try to understand some of these concepts that we'll be going through, and then it will begin to make more sense. There's a difference between mental intellect and spiritual wisdom and understanding, and that's what we're asking that the Most High will give us through these texts, because if you don't approach it from that perspective, it can go off in one's mind the way we've been taught, how we've been conditioned to think that it's folklore or this is symbolism, which some of it is. The scriptures is literature. It's a fragmentation. As I like to say, it's a fragmentation of ancestral documentation. So it's fragmented. There's going to be allegory. There's going to be all types of different ways to approach it. But the spiritual nature, the principles and the cultural values, and some of it is historically relevant and can be um, verified. So you have to come to the scriptures from a, a different point of view. Um, it has to come outside of a Western context because most of the times we approach literature from the viewpoint from which we've been taught or we've been conditioned to. So in this particular episode, it's going to be really important to move from a spiritual space. And in all cases, this is not going to make sense to everyone, but to those who it's supposed to make sense to, it will make sense to them. Because we are in a very peculiar time, and the scriptures talk about during the, the years of the return. Or as I like to put it, if you go 2020, you multiply 400 years after 400 years, and 2020 was a shift spiritually that even shows itself uh, technically. It shows itself historically, um, technically, meaning what happened during COVID and, and that whole shift that reset that is started within the physical realm is ramification from what is happening in spiritual space that the most high set in the beginnings and in the genesis you see this this cyclical nature of the most high and human beings interfacing one another and it happens every so a uh, hundred years or within time frames it's very difficult for us to put it into human terms or into the terms that we've been given in the way that we measure time, whether it be years, months, all of that has been uh, constructed through a certain way of being, i.e. we've been seeing things from a, a Western or a European standpoint. But the Most High is raising the elevation as he prophesied or as, or as Ezekiel prophesied that the Valley of the Dry Bones would live again and that it would begin to grow into a whole nother sort of um, consciousness because he would raise them up. He would put uh, bones first, sinews, nerves, uh, flesh, skin, then spirit, and they become an exceeding great army or, as Peter would like to say, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. See, there's a, there's a group of people that the Most High has chosen that are scattered throughout the earth that he will interface with, will, will uh, connect with, and will revive them. And we see this pattern in the book of Genesis. It starts there showing you the first time this happened in human history. And then it 
continues to cyclically move throughout time as you see it throughout the scriptures if you're paying attention as we start to go through it you'll see we go through this cycle or the circle of life that is the circle of life that principle finds itself in the scriptures so those are the markers that i want us to pay attention to to help us understand the ways of the most high like i said in the first um episode our experience was we're trying to learn the ways and what the most high has been sharing with us in the first portion of genesis chapters one through six or one through five was that he created all things and that the spring equinox in the southern hemisphere because the garden genesis chapter two gives us a location which finds itself in ethiopia on the continent so we're going by that time frame and according to that time frame spring the beginning of starts september 23rd 21st in that that time frame and remember all of these times we have september october november october is what octagon for eight but it's in the 10th month within the gregorian calendar so there's so many different reasons for why things were placed the way they were placed do we need to know all of those yes and no some of that could be rabbit trail understood but for the most part, if we overstand, or as I like to say, have the spiritual understanding and discernment, we can understand in principle and not necessarily get caught up in the, the, the details because the details are uh, become fragmented a long time because so many different influences have come in. So I wanted to set that stage so that hopefully as we go into the text, we don't get caught up in, oh, I don't know if that's real, because you're trying to perceive it through your 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 intellect um, that was given to you in this Western construct or in the Western um, ideologies. But it's important for us to have the awareness that these are spiritual principles. Some of it is going to be symbolic. Some of it is going to have different approaches to it. But overall, the spiritual nature and wisdom and understanding that the Most High can only give will be given to you to understand how things started, how things are continuing to move. So that you can get into alignment. One of my key references to this cyclical nature is that in Genesis, as we'll get to shortly, it says that as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be. I mean, there's always going to be this process of you plant, you water, you receive whatever you plant, whether you plant time, you plant resources, you're going to plant it. There's other factors that need to be involved to make sure that the plant is being nurtured properly for the, the result you're looking for. That is a principle. That is a cosmic principle that the Most High has placed throughout the earth and it manifests in different dimensions in different ways. Whether you go into agriculture, you go into career, you go into anything. Family, seed goes into the stomach nine months, new life comes, birth. So at September, being the ninth month is a birthing of something new. And the scripture says in Genesis chapter one, that the night and the day was the first day. The most high created the light and the day, which is what the spring equinox, where the time of light and the time of darkness is split perfectly and it sits. And then he made the sun and then the sun comes down or comes into, which is the rebirth or the renewing of season. So that's where we are in this time frame right now. And that was 14 days ago. So today is actually the Passover. In certain 
customs. They see it from Northern Hemisphere, and this is uh, a different festival. This is a different time, but it's still within these feasts that the Most High gave in Leviticus chapter 23, which is very significant to me uh, because Leviticus 23, September 23rd, is that, that, that balance. Won't go too deep into that, but that's something very interesting to, to note as we move forward. So September 23rd was the spring equinox in the Southern Hemisphere, according to the land of promise or the garden or the promised land. Then we go seven days is a rest or as a Sabbath. We're in the 14th day, so this would be Passover. This will be a memorial of when the Most High took his children, took us, the firstborn, out of a captivity that we had um, been engaged in due to negligence, sin, being Adam's seed. So you see what Adam did in chapter 3 in Eve that caused this reverberation of an open door. That's why he said, don't eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil because now that knowledge can be misused or will be misused to create all types of forms in the earth realm that was not supposed to be we look at that right now most of the things that we see in our environment are made from the earth and it's made contrary to the natural way things are made thus while we're having the carbon footprints thus while we're having pollution while we're having mental illness mental health. All these things are happening because of a knowledge base that was given or that was explored outside of the realm of who we really are, which is a reflection of the most high from the beginning. We had all things. So just imagine if we continued to walk in that realm and then began to build, begin to innovate, began to create. What we have now is nothing to be compared because all of our technologies, what do they still do? It still produces death, he said, the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. So even though you're, great, you're gaining knowledge and you're going into these new spaces, it's still promoting death. It's still resulting in death because the Most High said that knowledge, that information, even the book of Enoch talks about how the fallen came in and gave the children of men, gave the children, gave human beings this information and knowledge to do certain things with the earth that they didn't have the capability or the wherewithal to understand how to do those things. But human beings are spirit beings. So us being spirit beings, we can tap into realms and dimensions that are beyond just the, the, the physical environment. We go into what I call the spirit thought process, areas where we learn and understand how principles move because we understand and the, the earth more and more, and we're learning more about how the earth operates. But however we're being influenced is going to dictate how we position ourselves and how we maneuver the earth in order to get uh, a result, whether it be to make a car or to make an airplane. It's still pushing out so much um, fumes and negativity. I don't uh, want to get into all of those details, but it's just ultimately we have been set for a cycle that happens as a result of this knowledge base that we continue to feed into that is now bringing us to another cycle change. Some refer to it as, you know, uh, the 2030. This is in the political realms, but in the spirit or in the nature, you're seeing a cyclical nature. You're seeing a cycle. And there was a, an amazing question that the disciples asked our Savior when he was here around the one or our king around 1 AD, we're in 2023. So around 1 
to 33 AD, somewhere in that space. And that's a large range. That's about a 33 year range. But in that earlier portions of the Roman Empire, our Savior was teaching and moving and healing and bringing forth the kingdom, teaching how to maneuver in the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 24, there's an account. Matthew was a tax collector who was around during that time period. And he went through and began to interview different people, do some research to explain or to give an overview or an insight accounts to the life of the Savior, a.k.a. some call Jesus or Masindasi, which is a, also a dialect word meaning the Savior. So when the Savior came, he came to teach us how to get back to the, the uh, get back in alignment with the Most High, get back in alignment because it was a part of his bloodline and his heritage to do so for his people. That's why he said he came for the lost sheep. Doesn't mean it doesn't, it can't impact all people, but he came for a certain group of people. And the New Testament was written years after he was gone. So we have to approach the scriptures from that vantage point. Is there power in the New Testament? Yes, because it helps us understand it from so many different perspectives. It gives us a context to the English and the Roman um, civilization and thought processes and the way things were in those times so that we could discern what it is now because blood never stops or humans have never stopped. So those points of views and philosophical ways of being and worldviews help us understand how to navigate in life today and during that time period when the when there was a lot of wars and things going on his disciples came to him secretly in Matthew 24 uh, the chapter 24 where he says what is the signs of your coming and when shall the end be so let's go to that real quick let me pull that up Matthew chapter 24 the Savior went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And he said unto them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say unto you, Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Meaning it was going to get destroyed. It was going to ransack Jerusalem or going to ransack, sorry, Rome. It's like Rome is about to get ransacked. And then he said, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, this is verse 3, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And will be the sign of your coming? When will it be the end of this age? When will it be the end of this rule? So now he's going to walk through and tell them some of the signs they will see. You'll hear about wars. There'll be pestilence. There'll be all kinds of things. Why? Because the earth is going to respond. The earth always responds to our actions because the earth is alive. And we've been given dominion over the earth and the fish of the sea and the, and the beast and the cattle and so forth and so on. So everything that we're doing is infecting or affecting the environment. We understand that he said that these are the things that are going to happen when this is the end of an age, when something's about to shift, something's going to change. And remember what I said earlier, 2020 was the beginning of a shift that was already happening. It, but it has moved into another dimension because now you've tapped into the prophetic, what the Most High said through his servants, through his people, that you will be in Genesis 15, you will be in captivity. Uh, your, your, your seed, Abram, will be in captivity for 400 years. Then I will bring them out in the fourth generation out of that situation and bring them to a land that I will show them. So that this Passover is so important because this Passover signifies 
something of a new thing that the Most High is doing. We don't know what's going to happen in these next coming months. We don't even know if we'll be in the same predicament by this time next year because we're getting back to the feasts. We're getting back to the ways of the Most High, the way he commanded us to do things. And he's waking up his people and getting them to get in alignment with earth with the seasons and the times and he's given us signs he said he gives you signs in the heavens of what his glory is and what he's trying to do so once you begin to obey these feasts and you can find these feasts like i said in leviticus 23 and you begin to understand what he's called us to do then you will be able to align yourself accordingly and begin to get the wisdom be and begin to get the the keys of the kingdom that then will allow the most high's glory to be revealed in the earth realm and in, 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 in your personal life, because now you're focused on the kingdom. What he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. So he said, when you're seeing things begin to change, when you're seeing all these different issues come up in Matthew 24, 7 says, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Those are two different things. You have nation, which we're seeing all the time, whether it be internal conflict um, that they've recorded as world wars these were internal conflicts among the european nations not saying that afros didn't have it or different people groups didn't fight within their, themselves that's always been cain killed abel that was his brother so there's there's always going to be internal fighting but when those internal fights pit against one another in one way or in one way or another and i'm learning that it happened even amongst the europeans it wasn't just the europeans doing it to the afros they did it amongst themselves whether it's sir francis drake working with the cimarrons um, in trying to go against the Spanish, so many different ways that people fight amongst themselves, whether it be Ukraine fighting with Russia, those are all wars. And if you dig deeper into it, if you understand the cyclical nature of what that is, then you would know that this is not anything new. Scripture said there's nothing new under the sun. So whatever you're seeing right now has always been, it just may be showing up in a different way. You can think of that, whether it be from a uh, a personal standpoint or as we say in cultural uh, or nations so you see nations will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom there will be famines pestilence earthquakes in various places diverse places and and this will be the beginning of sorrows there will be tribulation there will be a lot of mishap because what things are being disrupted and moving in order and then later on he talks about how lawlessness is going to abound people are going to be lovers of themselves just talking all these different things that are going to happen. Then he says, and what you need to understand is just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man comes back. So that is a really key point. Why would he point out to Noah? Why would he say, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man will appear. And once you understand that principle and, and 24, I think that's verse 37. Yeah. So verse 36, Matthew 24, 36 says, but of that day or hour, no one knows, even not even the angels, but only the father. So the father knows exactly, but he gives us signs. He sends signs through his servants, through his prophets. He sends signs in so many different ways, letting you know that these things are about to change. But if your heart is not aligned, if your heart is after things that are contrary to his ways, then he said, I'll give you over to that. If that's what you want, I will give you over to that. And I saw even in my own personal life that I was on a pathway that was going to, uh, as Queen Latifah said years ago, self-destruction. You headed for self-destruction. 
that was where I was headed was self-destruction, but I didn't know it. It was already implanted into my seed line. And I see that for a lot of others as well. And we need to repent. That's why when you see in the book of Ezra, that he would call all of the people who were lost in the remnant, who were in a captivity, they were bound, bound in Babylon, or they were bound in um, under Cyrus, and they needed to get out. But first, they had to begin to read the Torah. That's what I'm most I say, get back to the law. Get back to the way that I've written things and teach my people so that they can, I can move through them to be able to get them in the right space for what I am about to do in the earth. The Most High is in control, and he's moving at a different level than the way we've been taught. And we can see it through these scriptures. So that's why he gave us a sign. Our Savior said, as in the days of Noah, this is verse 37, but as in the days of Noah, so will it be when the Son of Man is about to come. So what was happening during the days of Noah? That's what we're going to go through today. And I know that was a long intro, but it was important for me to do that. So when we come into this space, we can maneuver properly to get what the Most High is saying and not look at this as something that's outdated or, or mythological and so forth. So, and if you believe that, that's cool. Some of these things will not be fully explained because we're still learning the scriptures are so alive. And like I said, these are fragmented documentations of ancestral beginnings, ancestral um, actions and interactions. And it's been toppled with and maneuvered by so many different people um, and different groups who have tried to change, rectify, maneuver, flip, whatever. But the root of the word is still alive because the Most High said it. And once the Most High said it through his servants, through his people, it will stand the test of time. It will move through nature. It will move through history. It will move through. So that's why you see the scriptures are still here. And that is the, um, you know, most selling book, so forth and so on. So I want to move into it with that perspective, opening ourselves beyond just um, the, um, the Western constructs that we have in our mind and asking the Most High to open up our overstanding and our understanding and our understanding to what he's doing and what did the Savior mean? What did our Savior mean? Some refer to him as Yeshua. Some call him Jesus. But I like to say the ascendancy or the Savior because his name has been tampered with for so long that we don't fully know what his name is. But he will reveal himself to us. And we know that he's um, our representative who came from the heavens to lead us back. To righteousness, bring us back to the most high, bring us back to the creator of all things, our father. So in Genesis chapter six, we talked about Genesis chapter one through five. And now in chapter five, human beings are progressing. And remember, these are non GMO human beings. These are the top level of our kind, the highest vibration. They were living 500, 600 years old, 800, 900 years old because they hadn't been introduced to a high level of decay that had shortened their lives, like you see amongst us in small regards. If you're in a clean area, if you're in the, the rural areas, you're going to live a little bit longer because you're not taking in the fumes, you're not getting the, uh, the different uh, negative uh, chemicals going through your body. But if you live in a city area, if you live in um, metropolitan areas, you're more likely to get sick and to shorten the lifespan because you're in areas that was not designated in the natural original um, makeup of what the Most High wanted to do. And remember in Genesis chapter 3, it says, I will put enmity between your seed, he was talking to Adam and Eve, and Satan's seed. 
So anything that's contrary to the most high, anything that's contrary to nature, anything that's contrary to life is coming from a base of Satan's seed or Satan's um, um, way of thinking. And it is not a color thing. It is a spiritual reality or it's a spiritual mindset. It is a way of being. It is a thought process. It is a commitment. It is a bloodline covenant. It's all of the above. <laughs> it moves in so many different realms that it supersedes color. Although in certain cultural groups, it is more, they're more susceptible to the, the whims and the waves of satanic influence based on what your ancestors did or did not do. So, and same on the other side for the most high. But as you can see, there's a smaller remnant. That's why he said it's a smaller group that taps into the most high because Satan makes it more desirable. He makes you God. He said, you won't die. You can be God. So what do we all want to do? We want to be gods. We want to be in charge. We want to be seen. We want to be felt. We want to be known. And I'm talking about in an unhealthy way. And he said that during the last day, these things will increase all the more. So we need to understand what is happening and not get caught up in the idea of, oh, I'm just doing this or I'm just getting my this or I'm just doing this and understanding the root of what you're putting yourself into and what you're submitting to, because that will dictate the outcomes of your life. And oh, have I learned that on so many occasions in my own personal life of having the right um, intention, but the method and the avenue through which I was going through was going to cause decay and disturbance and disruption. And I've seen it happen. I'm learning that personally right now in my business dealing. So I had to make a 360 and go the long route. You see, most I kept challenging me. Do you believe I can bless you outside of the wicked? Do I need do you need outside help or do I or can I do it? Do you believe that I can do it? And that's been a, a journey that I've been on and continue to be on. But let me swing back to uh, the scriptures now. So it says Genesis chapter five, there was a, a growth of human beings and they're growing. They're building their own cities. They're doing their thing. And that energy that um, Satan tried to catch the uh, Adam and his children with is still reverberating. He has not stopped. So you talk about the family of Adam and how they grew and what things were happening. And then you're left with Noah. Now in chapter six, it says in verse one, now it came to pass when humans began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters of men were born to them that the sons of God, meaning the angelic hosts. So you have to remember these human beings were not just normal human beings. These human beings were at, the high, at our highest levels meaning we were intertwined in the spiritual realm as well as in the physical realm. We were in that great balance so we can interface with different entities that some would say there was aliens or Anunnaki or there was the Nephilims or there was this and there. all that was happening at that time as we still deal with right now. It's a lower vibration, but it's the same type of energy that we're dealing with to this day. And that's why Miss Indice or the Savior told us that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the end of this age, the end of this reign of people or this this reign of thought processes will be changed and the kingdom will be ushered in. But there's going to they're not nothing's going to go without a fight. Right. Anytime there's a shift of power, um, even when you saw when Rome fell apart and that's what he was talking to, he said this building will fall and there's going to be a shift and a turn. And we saw what happened. But Rome still kept its 
you know, uh, seed lines and ways of being through different methods that it's still alive to this day. But the most I say, I'm going to shift that energy now. And that's what we're in the middle of right at this very moment. So being in these these feast times and realigning ourselves as a Passover, the Most High bringing us out of a captivity to the land that he has for us is so critical right now that we begin to get back into these feasts, get back into these um, the statues and the laws and the commandments of the Most High, not in a religious way, right? Because religion is one thing. And I realize that in all of these different religions, all these different attempts, there's going to be some truth in there and there's going to be some things that are helpful. But you have to constantly be open that the Most High would remove the religious um, dogma and move us into relationship. Because ultimately he said the book it's not going to be written. It's going to be in your heart. So the Bible is a framework that we go by, but the Bible itself is inspired, but it has been tampered with. That is the reality. We can argue one way or another. No, it's perfect. Da, 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 da. Cool. The essence and the principle. Yes, I agree. But I don't need the Bible per se. I, it's in me already. The Bible is there as a great framework. It's a it's a uh, it's a white picket fence so that we don't go out of bounds. And then we have relationship with the one who inspired the people who wrote the book. And the book is written through a group of people from a certain seat line that are supposed to be the caretakers that show the others the ways of salvation. As Isaiah chapter 60 um, proclaims that I will take you to the aisles. I will take you there and make your make you be a witness for me. And the Most High wants to show his glory. The earth itself is waiting, as the book of Romans said. The whole earth is waiting for the firstborn to be revealed, for the firstborn to get back in alignment, to get back to Eden, to get back into the, the connection with the Most High. So you see here in Genesis, in this first cycle of, of, of retribution, judgment, and reconciliation and renewal is happening this is the first time we're seeing it. This is the first recorded so we can learn from this. Chapter six, he said, my spirit will not strive because let me drop back to verse two, that the sons of God or the angels or spirit beings saw the daughters of men and they was fine. They was the, the you think these women fine. This is a different level of fine with these women because they hadn't been GMO'd. This is perfect everything, none touched straight from the garden. So you've seen it already, and you already know what that is. So we're not going to get into that. But the, the angels is like, nah, we need some of that right there. But that wasn't that was outside of their jurisdiction. That wasn't within their framework. But they went in and they did it anyway. And that's when you have this combustion of of decadence that had begun a whole new tailspin that was snowballing way out of control where the most I said, I'm not going to strive with y'all. My spirit is not going to strive with flesh because y'all are, we're cutting y'all down. Y'all not living mad long anymore. You're not living for long ages. You're getting cut down because you choose to continue to go against what I tell you to do. I told you to don't eat from the garden. I told you don't talk to them. Don't deal with this. Don't deal with that. This is Genesis 1 through 5. And human beings kept getting enticed because the fallen had already been set for judgment. And they were coming into the earth realm and saying, nah, it ain't like that. Do this, do this. I'm going to show you how to do this. So they were mixing with them. 
And then in verse four, it says, and there were giants on the earth in those days and afterwards. And the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore children with them. And this children are the, what they call the Nephilim. This is a different type of bloodline that came in through giants. And we can do a study on that later, but I'm not going into all of that at the moment. But that's what we know. There was a mixture in the blood types, in the bloodline, in the DNA, and they began to mix themselves with angels. Some people call that, you know, the mixing with the gods, the titans, and da da da. A lot of these things are shrouded in those concepts and ideas to let you know what was happening at that time and how they were mixed with these angels and how they were destroying the earth and destroying people. That energy is still here. There's some people who are just bound on destruction. They may, and they may be cannibalistic. They may be doing it in a different way. And giant doesn't always mean physical length, like tall, nine foot, 10 and 10 foot this and the, partially, but a lot of it is more about the, the mindset and the, and the energy that they're given and the power they've been given in this realm to make things happen towards destruction, towards uh, annihilation. And that's what this, this energy and the spirit reflects. Uh, verse 4 says, And the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore them children. Those were the mighty men of old, men of renown. Then the Most High said, Wicked, The wickedness of man or humans was great on the earth, and that every intent of their thoughts in his heart was on evil continually. So if your heart is continually on evil over and over and over again, you continue to maneuver and manipulate and manifest or act in those ways what is it going to do? It's going to cause a snowball effect in the spirit, in the psyche, in the thought processes, in the ways of being that will then begin to infect the environment. So that's what was happening. And the Most High became very angry because human beings have the freedom of will and they have a portion of his um, nature in them. So they just rebelled and continue to rebel. What are we seeing right now? A rebellion. It's, there's a rebellion going on, a rebellion towards anything of righteousness. There's a rebellion going against the, the nature, going against the way the natural laws have been, things that have been in f existence forever. We're trying to abate, trying to break, trying to change in a small span of time that we will not win. <laughs> it may appear like you have the freedom to do this and that, but those are all according to constructs, man-made laws, ways of being within the context of where the world is. But like the Savior said, the times are coming where the judgments will come. They are here already. But if you can't see it, it's mo most likely because you're in, in the midst of it. And he said, I will consume the most. I say, I will consume your life in vanity. You go against what I've created. You're only setting yourself up for judgment. So for those who has an ear to hear, this is the time for us to get back into repentance, get back into alignment, turn from your evil ways. Turn, he said, if my people, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal the land. He said he'll heal the land, not heal uh, your, your, you personally. He's going to heal the land because the land is what we're connect, connected to. The land is who we are. That's why our ancestors were so connected to the land, but it was because of our disobedience and because of our lack of discernment, we've taken care of everybody as opposed to being a caretaker of the land because everything comes from the land. Resources, resources, everything is about resources. What do we want to do? We want to consume. We want to be able to buy a car. We want to be able to buy a house. We, what is that? Those are resources. Where do those houses come from? It comes from the land. Where does those cars come from? It comes from the land. 
Everything is in the land. The Most High doesn't deal with secondary or middle people. He deals directly and his blessings come directly from the land. So if you have the land, then you have everything you need. That's why Abram, our forefather, was so um, rich and wealthy because he had the land. He was connected to the Most High. And that's what he's trying to do because he promised Abraham that. So those who are of the seed of Abram must align themselves back to what the most i said because what he said is what's going to be but for generations now we've disobeyed so we've lost our way but he said he would wake us up and he is waking us up so you can see here in this first level of destruction he said i'm going to destroy them but i'm going to use noah he always has a remnant he always has a group of people Nim noah was a just man and perfect in all his generation what did perfect mean meaning he didn't mix he was still in the alignment as the Most High made him. He didn't mix with the Nephilims. He didn't mix with the fallen angels. He didn't mix with other groups. He stayed within what the Most High made him and to make sure that his house was in the same alignment. And that means it was perfect from what the Most High created from the beginning so the Most High could move through him. That's what we're trying to do is create room for the Most High to dwell by making sure that our lives align in alignment, not only through actions, because that becomes just religion. Oh, I do this. I do good things that that can become boastful no it's about what are you doing in your bloodline what did your people do before you can you can you reverse what others have done that was negative yeah but sometimes that can take some time as well like there's things that have been done that are set for 300 years but the most i said i can renew the time i can reset the time and make it good for you if you walk in obedience to me right now I can make up the years that the canker worm, the, the locust, the wild, all these different species and beasts and, and insects that have been made to devour. The most I say, I can restore that. So he's calling us to a place of repentance so that we can get on the boat or make it outside of this craziness that is about to unleash even to a higher degree. Although right now it doesn't seem that way, but the financial, the spiritual, the cultural, those shifts are happening right now, but we're being distracted by propaganda. We're being distracted by all kinds of things that don't matter so that when the shift happens, you aren't prepared for it. We don't even know how to plant any food. We don't know how to do any of that stuff. But the most I say, if you come to me, I will protect you. I will keep you because you're in my jurisdiction. Now you're under the shadow of my wing. So that's why we're doing these things. That's why the most I said, obey me in the feast days. Begin to get to know me again. Get back to nature. Get back to what I said. And then you will begin to overstand and have the spiritual wisdom and discernment to make the right decisions, to make the right career choices, to do those things that are going to be pleasing to the Most High and that will be beneficial to you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. So Noah was righteous in his time and the Most High was able to get him to maneuver and to build an ark for the, the flood that was coming, the water that was coming to cleanse out the wickedness or to realign to the way things was intended to be from the original design. So then the flood happens in chapter seven and, the, and we, and he talks about the different years or the days, the 40 days and 40 nights and how Ham, Shem and Japheth were now the new pro generators. And he said in verse uh, seven, chapter seven, verse 13, on that same very day, um, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons entered the ark and they went in with every beast so they collected all of the different lot species that would be that would survive during this time period and the floods hit the earth now there's geological and all types of um material out there outside of the biblical references that talk about 
uh, in, in, in supporting that there had to be some sort of flood that happened in the earth realm, even the different religions um, outside of quote unquote Christianity or outside of the Bible or outside of the scriptures, uh, the old or new Testament, there's all stories about some sort of flood in different ways. So you can do the research on that. We're not going to talk about that too much um, to verify or you see that as allegorical, however you want to look at that. What is the most high trying to teach? What is the most high trying to share? What are we learning about human nature? What are we learning about the nature of the earth? What we're learning is everything's in cycles. And if you continue to do certain things over and over again, it will send you a return. And when the return comes, are you ready for the return? If you're not ready for the return, then you need to make the adjustments now. So that's what the, the climate change activists and different types of people are saying. Oh, that's a farce. That's not real. It's not this, da, da, because everyone has their agenda and what they think. But at the end of the day, we're going to see very soon who was right and who was wrong. And then it will be too late. So this is the time. That's what Noah was teaching in the book of Jasher, in the book of Jubilees, the different extra biblical texts that help support the main text that we go by, shares and shows us that it was about 120 years that Noah was the most I gave them to get that out their system to do something different. But they just kept pushing through like, nah, we're going to keep doing it, blah, 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 blah. And then ended up where they were and where they are. And that's what happens to us. We, we push things off not knowing that every decision you're making will have some sort of repercussion, ramification, sowing and reaping, karma attached to it. So pay attention on a small scale in our personal lives and in our um, in the, as a community. So it's important for us to understand. So in chapter eight, talks about how um, Noah was, had to go through the process of navigating through this, this crisis that had happened in the earth realm with this flood and had to follow the ways of the most high, get back in touch with nature and use natural elements to determine where things are, sending out the dove, sending out the raven and different things because he understood what the raven did. He was in touch with nature. He knew what the dove could do. Okay, the dove, if the dove doesn't do this, then we know this isn't there. So it's all the elements working together. And that's what the most high teaches us in these feasts as we begin to align ourselves back to understanding what the new moon is and understanding the sunset and so forth and so on when we become more conscious of those realms is there so much to learn uh yes we will learn but the learning is a process so you're seeing these things happen in in chapter eight and i'm just moving through this uh fast there's so much that can be learned um through all of these things but um Let's talk about Genesis chapter eight when he was coming toward the end of it. He says, then Noah built an altar to the most high after he, the floods have subsided and he was able to touch the earth again. And he took a clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So he took the first he took the, the first altar uh, sacrifice and, and pretty much cooked. You know, we can get deep with it. But the, the altar, anytime you hear about the sacrifice with the burnt offering, they would cook the food. Make sure that they put the life cycle out of it, meaning didn't have any blood in it, drain the blood out of it, cook the meat and served it to the people. So that's what the feasts were. And we're coming into the Feast of Unleavened Bread for the next seven days. That was a certain type of feast where you don't eat any leaven, any yeast, and you eat unleavened bread. And so it's a consecration, a convocation between you and the Father for for the group of people he's called to do that. It is not for everybody. So everyone is not called to do that. And everyone shouldn't feel like they need to do that. But if you feel a calling to it and you want to learn more about that, 
we have that available and we're learning and we're following these feasts and we're seeing tremendous connection amongst ourselves and to the most high and giving us um, new pathways of how to operate and do things. <clears throat> so then in verse uh, in Genesis chapter eight, verse 21, and the most high smelled the soothing aroma. Then the most high said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, for the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. And I would not destroy any living thing that I have done. So the most high said, you know what? Since you've done that, all right, cool. We're going to, I'm going to set a parameter on how I maneuver because I now have brought you guys into a place that you can handle. You're going to live up to this point and you're going to be able to do this so that you don't cross into that realm and that the fallen don't continue to trick you because they're already set for judgment and I don't want to destroy you guys with them. But if you go with them, then you will be set into judgment as well. So, you know, people can, well, what does a good God do when he destroys da da da, da? Once again, I said at the beginning, you cannot approach this from your Western concepts and mindset. You have to open up your awareness to understand it from a different perspective. And that different perspective is a spiritual understanding. The most high is a spirit and he made us spirit first and we have physical bodies. That's why we don't live in this realm for a long time. We're here for a season. And he operates from that realm that we don't fully understand here, but we know that it exists because he's revealed it to us that it exists. So our job is to worship and to connect with the creator and then the creator will reveal to us how to operate in these environments but because we're so far from the creator because most of the the norms of this um, environment we're in is contrary to the most high is an enmity in in war against the most high it is not going to be easy to live into these spaces or to find the most high in these areas. That's why you have to go and seek him. If you seek me, you will be found. But if you are outside of me, then narrow is the way. He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many are going in that direction. And destruction doesn't mean necessarily going to hell per se, but it is being outside of his presence, outside of covenant is what we're talking about, especially for those who are supposed to be in covenant with the most high. This isn't for everybody, as I said. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and wheat, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. What does that mean? That means things are going to continue to evolve in cycles. So as our Savior said, just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man will appear and when the end of this age will be. Remember, he was talking from the earlier parts of the AD or the earlier parts of this particular time frame we go by, which is now in 2023. He said, there's the cycles of when it's going to happen. Because they were like, man, you need to get rid of them now. Let's destroy them now. He said, nah, you haven't understand the times and the season that are already put in the Most High's hand. Most High doesn't go by our time. A day is like a thousand years to him. And a, a, a thousand years is like one day. So the Most High's timetable is very different. So we can't judge it based on our perception of what we see as being proof or what can be verified. Those are all still constructs coming from a point of view of what we determine to be this or that. But in the spirit space or in the Most High space, he doesn't go by any laws that human beings have created. He does it how he wants, when he wants and where he wants. So we have to be really mindful of that. And then now he says in chapter nine, so the most high blessed knowing his sons. And he said, go be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. He resets it again. This is the, the, the reset. Adam and Eve to you and all that in between. I wiped it out. Now I'm going with you. I won't do it like that anymore. I'm going to move forward and hopefully, you know, 
get things aligned. This is just my human understanding, right, from the scriptures. Once again, it's fragmented in ways, and there's certain things that we won't fully understand. The Most High has to reveal it. But this is overview of how we can look at how things have happened because we can see this same cyclical patterns in our personal lives and in history. So it lets us know that we're walking in the truth or close to the truth as the Most High reveals it to us. So we continue to depend upon him by his spirit to give us wisdom. He said, my spirit will lead you into all truth. So anyone who makes it seem like they got it all down, most of it that they got down is just doctrinal understanding that was been passed to them because no one, nobody can fully understand the whole ways of the Most High. So just really understand that. So in chapter nine, it says, every moving thing, living thing you shall use for food. He's telling them how to kind of reconnect with life. Um, and he said, I'm going to establish you in verse nine. As for me, behold, I'll establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And that every living creature, that is the birds, the cattle, so forth and so on. I, verse 11, thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Neither again shall there be a flood to destroy. And the Most High put a sign in the covenant. Put a sign um, of the covenant which make... Uh, which I make between me and you and every living creature. And then it says what? In verse 13, I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of covenant between me and the earth. The Most High's covenant, every time you see a rainbow, it is the sign. The altar, The first thing was it was a sign of covenant between me and the earth. And this, this uh, rainbow that he said in Genesis 9, 13 has been around way before uh, we came into existence as a nation or the America became so forth and so on or however we want to put that. So this is what I'm talking about as far as what it was a sign for. It was a covenant between the most high and the earth. So that's why when it rains, you see the rainbow, the most high saying the water's there, but I'm not going to let it overflood you because I promised you I wasn't going to do that. There it goes. So we understand what that means. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud and you'll, I will remember my covenant, which I made with every living creature that I will not destroy all flesh and the rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look onto it and remember the everlasting covenant between the most high and every living creature. So and, God, and the most high said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh on the earth. So you see, he spent a lot of time talking about what that rainbow meant. And that it was a covenant between him and the earth and and um, that he wouldn't destroy it anymore with the water. And then you see now that Noah became a farmer. He got back to his original intent, what his great, 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 great Adam did, which was to be a caretaker of the earth. Because if you are connected to the earth, then you have access to everything. So he had gotten drunk. And then the father of Canaan and I'm going to have to probably do a two-part series because this is loaded. So I'm going to come back in Genesis 9 and 10 and really set the stage. And I'll do the back end of 9, moving into 10 into uh, 15. So from 9 to 15, we did 6 through 9. We'll do from the back end of 9, 9B, 918, um, up through um, 15 and, and try to move through this again. Because we're going through the whole Torah or the first five books to get a good lay of the land, to understand where we are spiritually, where nature has been, where things are, how does the Most High operate so that we can be in alignment in these last days as this great, beautiful shift happens as the Most High comes um, to bring his kingdom on the earth as it is in the heavens. 
So have a great, great day, great evening, great week. Happy Passover. And we're going into Unleavened Bread. And the Most High be with you.